Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Roundtable Sports Podcast. My name is Taylor McLean. Today, we're going to be taking a look at the Los Angeles Rams 30 to 10 victory over the Washington football team. The Rams are a perplexing team for me these days. It's hard to know on a week to week basis what Ram squad is really going to come out there and how is that Ram squad going to distribute the touches for its weapons. And I think that is a function of good football in that you don't know who they're going to try and focus the offense through. But it doesn't make it a very predictable situation as far as your fantasy options, when to start them, who to start, et cetera. And so you definitely want to have a good handle on who the Rams are playing, what kind of script as far as the game that's likely to get them on. And I don't like that as far as making the different options, you know, really high starting options for my team typically. But this isn't a situation that we always get to, you know, get exactly what we want. You know, I wanted Josh Allen to play on another day other than Tuesday this week, and that didn't happen either because, you know, virus happens, racism happens, whatever it is, and uh, we have to deal with it. And uh, you know what? We're dealing with it on the Rams with uh, with Jared Goff. You know, he's so up and down, and I see – great things from him when he's on time and when he knows exactly what he's supposed to be doing and delivering the ball, he is really good at that. It's just a question of can the other team get him off his mark? Can they make him make more than three reads, more than two reads? That is the question for every team that they play. And I will say that the Rams do a really good job as well of keeping it really balanced So everything they do in the passing game is kind of based off of the running action that they show in all their different running plays, whether that be, you know, Robert Woods screaming across the field, whether that be Cooper cup, just all the different things they do action wise that get your eyes looking one way and then you go the other. And that's certainly a kudos to Sean McVay but it hasn't really yielded the fantasy results we're looking for from our Rams at this point. Now for Jared Goff, what that's meant is he hasn't really had to let the ball go, you know, 50 times like a quarterback would on a comeback trail. And even if he did, I'm not sure that Jared Goff would really be able to take advantage of that, having to really go back there and five to seven step drop 20 times. It's not a good situation for him. Sean McVay does a masterful job of keeping him on the move, keeping him out of the pocket, and just really moving him around in an efficient way that's based off of really solid concepts, whether that be the motion of the wide receiver, whether that be the flow of the fake running play and the play action. McVay just really sets Goff up when everything is flowing right. It's just what teams can get him off his mark, what teams can get McVay off his mark. That's really hard to predict. And that makes the options hard to predict. And when the passing volume isn't really going to be there for this team, unless you know they have a negative game script and get behind, I don't think that's something you really want to count on week to week. So while there's certainly worse options than a lot of these Rams – I just don't know if it's something I'm targeting necessarily either at this point, especially golf. 
I don't think you're starting him as a quarterback one with any sort of confidence right now, despite 309 yards and two touchdowns and just one INT and getting sacked just one time. I mean, you know, it's not the worst situation in the whole world. It's just week to week. If they have their druthers, they will hide him if they can a little bit. I mean, it's not a complete hidden thing because he's able to deliver the ball on time so much. But at the same time, this is not Tom Brady. This is not Drew Brees. This is not Aaron Rodgers. This is more system than anything. This is more system than Jared Goff. And I think that's where a lot of people's problem with the contract comes in is, okay, Jared Goff got all this money and he's not capable of carrying the offense by himself. But what he is capable of doing is carrying Sean McVay's offense. And what the Rams realized is that you can't, I mean, half the league is floundering around with worse situations than Jared Goff at this point. Now, that doesn't mean he's a fantasy starter. It means he's a quarterback, too, a risky one. Actually, no, not quarterback, too. Eh, He's a risky quarterback, one. He is a good quarterback, too. If you have him as your quarterback, too, probably pretty happy with that, actually. Now, the problem with him, like I said, for the quarterback, one part of it is still the volume, still – all the little things, but it's just different in quarterback too because it's more about availability than it is all the flash. Because if you got two really good quarterbacks in a two-quarterback league, that means you drafted them too high and you probably don't have crap else on your team. It's kind of a balancing act with that part of it, but it is what it is. Jared Goff, probably not a quarterback one, bossy quarterback two, probably not targeting either way, but if you have him, you have him, and you go with it from there. Now, I mentioned that if the Rams have their druthers, they're not going to throw the ball as much as we would like for this team. That absolutely has been affecting Robert Woods and Cooper Cup. And I don't know if I can really point to that it's actually factually different with the Rams. It still feels like this is who they are. But it feels like the wide receivers have produced more in given years. Now, Robert Woods got the touchdown today. It was a beautiful catch, 50 yards or so. And he's really good. He's really good at football. So is Cooper Cup. So is Tyler Higby and even Gerald Everett. So they're all good at football. It's just, will they have the volume and targets to really produce at a wide receiver one and wide receiver two value? That's what it is at question at this point. Because it just hasn't been the volume that you want to have to produce big time production week to week and really count on these guys as starting options. And that concerns me because they both are uber talented, but just the health of all the other options along with everything else has kind of sapped them up to be better flexes than anything else. So wide receiver twos, flexes, third wide receivers, I expected more. And it's just the, way they've been running the ball and the way that they can lean on that this year has affected them as top end options. Not that Robert Weber was necessarily Cooper was last year, but I just don't know. I need to see more. There's going to be need to be more negative game scripts and with everything working the way it is, I just don't know if I see that and that affects me wanting to target those players. I mean, you're still starting them if you have them probably, but I don't think I'd be targeting them in trades at this point. However, I think they're uber talented. So the talent portion is there. There's two parts of the equation, talent and then opportunity. 
it's the opportunity that I'm worried about with these guys because they're just not getting in these negative game scripts. And when Goff isn't the type of guy that they're going to lean on like that, it just kind of limits that a little bit. And that's what makes me not want to target them at what you're going to have to buy them at this point. Now, something else that's happening within the Rams passing game that disturbs me especially is the use of Gerald Everett. Now, while I don't know that you're going to want to count on Gerald Everett quite yet as a tight end option, you may have worse options than Gerald Everett, and he is being used a good deal, which is really sapping into Tyler Higby. And uh, I realized last year when Tyler blew up that it was mostly you know when he was there by himself without Gerald Everett. And certainly that's making a difference this year. I was just hopeful after the first couple of weeks that that wasn't the case, but it has happened that way for the last couple of weeks. And it's making me doubt Higby. I think I'm going to have to hold him because I'm not going to get full value for him at all. But at the same time, I just don't know that I I'm wanting to count on him and I'm probably going to be trying to make a trade this week to try and get out of that situation in the leagues where I do have him. Now it's not to say he doesn't have the talent when you see him on film he absolutely does, but it's just his, the same equation. It's just the usage, the low volume of the passing game, Jared Goff, all of these things added together is making me question my faith in Tyler Higby, and I'm going to have to look elsewhere for my tight end value at this point. But uh, it is what it is. You're still holding him, especially if Gerald Everett was to go down. Consolidating those two values together, I think, would push him over the threshold to be used every week. It's just right now it's not happening. And uh, definitely pisses me off, but it is what it is. They're not asking me to make decisions for the, you know, who's playing in the Rams tight ends. If they did, it would definitely be Tyler Higby. I can tell you that with some certainty. But Gerald Everett is not bereft of talent. He absolutely has talent. He has size, speed, et cetera. I like the combo there. It just pisses me off that they don't use one or the other and that they're kind of cannibalizing their values. Speaking of cannibalizing values, let's talk about the Los Angeles rushing attack. And and I was talking about being pissed off earlier. Uh, I don't like the way that they kind of just willy-nilly distribute the Rams' touches. Now, what they've been doing, you know, they didn't have Cam the last couple of games, Cam Akers, the man they drafted in the second round. And I knew that was probably going to mean better things for Daryl. But even still, they, they push Malcolm Brown in there. They... Weasel him around, and even though he's worse than both Cam Akers and Malcolm Brown and, and Daryl Henderson, in my opinion, but they still put him out there for whatever reason. But it, it was Daryl this week. I mean, last week it was kind of more Malcolm. This week it's Daryl. The week before all that, it was Daryl. And the problem is that we're talking about it like that, that we're having to guess from week to week who's going to lead them in touches, who's going to lead them in carries, who's going to have the most yards, who's going to get the goal line carries. And while most of those answers are Daryl, it doesn't mean that that makes him any more dependent than what, than what it looked like today. Because if they're going to – I mean, Cam Akers' touches were mostly in garbage time, and that's where he ripped off the big run that gave him the most of the yards. But still, I just – I don't like the way there's three backs. I don't like the way they've been using their personnel. They spread the ball entirely too much around in this offense for anyone to really dominate the touches, and that leads to poor fantasy value, at least to not doing you any good on your lineup. 
And that's why I'm probably not targeting any of them at this point until there's some attrition on the Rams. Do we see some injuries until we see some of these values consolidated? I don't think these are positions that I'm actually focused on, especially when they're playing the, the Washington football team and they're able to take advantage of them and, and their lack of offense, et cetera. So while Daryl, I still think is the best of the three, and while I think he is the most likely to get the touches and the carries, et cetera, they're definitely going to spread it around still. And they've shown us time and time again that they're untrustworthy from a touches standpoint. Who they're going to lean on from week to week, they don't care about those type of things. So they're just going to do whatever they want in those instances. And that is a crusher to start one of those guys and then have them lean the other way. So I'm very skeptical about that. I want to have some shares but it's not something I'm targeting because I want to have those shares for when one of those other dudes goes down and those values are consolidated and I can actually use one of those guys. And I don't like having to trade for that. I like already having that on my bench and then waiting it out. So I mentioned the Washington football team kind of being a mess and that's kind of a perpetual situation for them. You know, I have a theory that the ownership filters down to the rest of the team. Now you might say, well, they're not on the field playing, but year to year you can tell that some organizations are winning because of their ownership and because of their leadership. And some of them are winning despite that. And the Washington football team is absolutely one of the latter because year to year, they really need to blow the socks off of all the rest of the teams to get past who they've got in charge. And I don't just mean Daniel Snyder, but he is hiring those people and it is causing them to really have disjointed efforts in their front office. I mean, they let Kirk Cousins go. They could have signed him for a very minimal contract at a certain point. They didn't. Then they franchised him twice. I mean, it's just a whole mess. And while I get that Kirk Cousins isn't the, shouldn't be the sun, moon, and stars for anybody, at the same time, It's just another indictment of this organization. And the benching of Dwayne Haskins in this situation is pretty despicable, in my opinion. Now, it's not just, you know what? Despicable is kind of a strong word. Despicable is kind of a strong word. It's an ignorant decision. Now, the only reason I'm I'm behind it at all is because he's getting beaten to hell. They have no left side of their offensive line. Garen Christian, you garbage. I'm sorry hate to say it. No, I don't. You suck. You're terrible. You can't block on the left side and you're getting your quarterbacks killed. And when you compound that with having utterly average options all the way across other than Scherf and Moses, and even them, they're not elite. They're good, but they're not great. And it leads to people in the backfield, stopping runs, harassing the quarterback, making them get off target and you don't have the personnel in any sort of fashion to do that. And it's pathetic. Honestly, it's pathetic. I mean, I'm as a Cowboy fan, glad to have you in the division, buddy. We'll catch you next year when we have our quarterback healthy. But uh, yeah, when you're trotting Kyle Allen out there, you're trotting Alex Smith out there. Dwayne Haskins isn't even in the stadium. Not even in the stadium. Incredible. Cannot believe this. So we're looking at Kyle Allen. We're looking at Alex Smith. Kyle Allen definitely has some NFL talent, but he is not a top 30 quarterback in the NFL. 
I mean, maybe he's 30, maybe, but no, he's not a starter in the NFL. And to bench Dwayne Haskins for that, the only way that is plausible is that you didn't want to get him beat up by your offensive line and the people coming after him. Maybe he's an ass. Maybe he's being a dick in the locker room. Whatever it is, he's better than Kyle Allen. He's better than Alex Smith. Stand by it. Bet that. Because there is no way that limp leg Alex Smith should be out there in any form or fashion. It makes me sick to see him out on the field risking his leg after seeing what he did to his leg. Any bad hit he takes on that leg could kill him. Literally. It's disgusting to see him out on the field. And the fact that he is, is a little shameful in my opinion, because I know he is putting himself at risk and doing those things, but there should be doctors in the place of that. And I'm not a doctor to assess this man's leg and tell him what he should and shouldn't do. But every time he rolled back with the ball, I held my breath that he would not get hit. And that is a gross feeling for me in football. I don't like feeling that feeling. So get him off the field. Get Dwayne Haskins back out there. I don't care if you give him the yips at this point if it's going to be Alex Smith. I get that you don't want to get him killed by the the offensive line you put together, but it's disgusting to watch that Alex Smith out there, and I hate it. So I'm not starting Kyle Allen. I'm not starting Alex Smith. I don't give a damn if they're out there whatever league it is you must be so desperate to have them in your in your starting lineup it's gross and uh, i don't know if i can counsel you out of that type of quarterback scenario and what makes it worse for me is that neither one of those guys are capable of supporting terry mclaurin that i think i think that's what pisses me off the most is that it's neither one of those guys have the arm talent have the ability to support a wide receiver one in this offense. Gross. If you can't make Terry McLaurin work, you can't make anything work. And I get that they are bereft of options outside of that, but thanks for being in our division is the best thing I got to say about it. Thank you, Washington football team. Why don't you keep your GM for another 10 years? Because look at what you put around your quarterback. You've got a turnstile left tackle and left guard, just letting people through. You've got one offensive weapon outside of running out of outside of Antonio Gibson and JD McKissick. And those are scrap heap type items. There are way better running backs too, but at least they have something. At least they have something other than the rest of the wide receivers you're putting out there. Gross. And you know what? You can't even use your running backs right. You can't use Terry McLaurin right. You make me shake. You shake my faith in Scary Terry. You shake my faith in Antonio Gibson because you continue to give J.D. McKissick all the passing work. Antonio can catch the ball. He can run with it. He's the shiftiest thing you have on offense, yet you refuse to feature him. It's gross. Every step of the management of this football team disgusts me. Every one of them. I can't name a good part of this team that I like the way they're being coached and I like the way they see them out on the field. Maybe the defense. The defense came out in the first couple of weeks and was hitting hard. But this stuff that they're putting out there now is garbage and I'm, it makes me not want to watch this team at all because I just can't stand how poorly managed they are. It's, and it's from the top down. It's not just the GM. It's not Riverboat Ron's fault. It's just the whole thing overall is a complete mess. So how are we supposed to count on anyone from that team as some sort of option? 
when Alex Smith is noodle arming balls down the field for Terry McLaurin, how is Terry McLaurin supposed to catch the ball and run with it? When it's two yards down the field, who cares about those throws? Nobody. So I'm not buying any of the Washington football team's options at this point until I see a change at quarterback, until I see Dwayne Haskins reinstated as the starter. And even then, I'm not so sure because they just cannot seem to block anybody and, and protect anyone. And you know what? They took a, a record amount of sacks at this point. I mean, it's, I know it's Aaron Donald, and I know it's Leonard Floyd, and I know they're okay, and I know Leonard Floyd's okay, but I, I can't stop shaking my head, and I, I just I don't really have more to say about it at this point. I'm, I'm benching all of my Washington football team options at this point. I'm watching them closely like a hawk to see what is the next clown that's going to come out of this organization and start making decisions. All right. So I, my mom said, if you don't have anything nice to say, maybe don't say anything at all. May have already said that, but Washington football team, please get it together because you have fantasy contributors on your team that I care about. And while I'm happy to let Dallas continue to beat you, I want good things for Terry McLaurin. I want good things for Antonio Gibson. And I wish you had some semblance of how to run your team. So until then, we're avoiding those players. We're going to look at Daryl Henderson from the Rams. We're going to hope they actually have to throw the ball a little bit more. But honestly, as a whole, I've never had a game where I don't trust anybody in it. Not the wide receivers from either team, not the running backs from either team, not the quarterbacks from either team. It's an aberration in my life as far as watching these films to not trust anyone coming out of a game. Anyway, that's what I've got for today, guys. Appreciate your time. Hope you like, listen, subscribe, download, all those things. And I hope you have a great day.